This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Welcome to church. I see some tired-looking dads out there. One of the dads came up to me this morning and said, It's the most exhausting Saturday I've ever had in my entire lifetime. And uh, there were multiple factors in that, but uh, for those of you who are brand new, we have about 60 of our women this uh, this weekend who are at a women's retreat, and I'm, we're going to pray for them in just a minute, but um, that means uh, I saw a couple things on Facebook, one of which says, I predict a large Sunday evening service with lots of dads and lots of kids because they don't have to get them up early, and it comes with a meal, so there you go. It, uh, we're we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. So welcome to church. Welcome to those of you who are brand new. Um, we are a church by now. You've already figured out we're a church that just loves to, to, to press into God, to partner with God, and to have him speak into our lives and walk with us in this life. And, um, and, and that's not even touching what faith tells us is coming um, in, after we die. So welcome to that journey. Uh, my name is Ron. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life And uh, for the next 30 minutes or so, I'm going to be teaching us out of Scripture. Uh, For those of you who are brand new, I'll walk you through a drill we all do. So uh, if you'll get out your card that says start here, and uh, the rest of us probably already have it out. But if you get it out, you'll put your name and contact information on the front if you come here all the time. Your name is fine if you're here for the first time. Uh, If you would trust us with your contact information, we want to help you get connected with God. We're not going to we're not going to send you a bunch of stuff you don't want. We're certainly not going to hit you up for money. But the, but the bottom line is, you're at church. We, we have an assumption that if you're at church, you want to get connected with God. And that's, that's our job as a church, is to help you get connected. So it begins with you giving us a way to get in touch with you. And uh, then on the back side, there are places for you to ask information. At the very end of the teaching, we're going to go to the section that says, Apply Today's Teaching By... And I'll walk you through that uh, in about a half hour. Uh, And then at the very end of the service, we'll be collecting uh, these along with offerings and so forth at the very end. So the other thing that you'll need to get this morning is you'll need to get out the teaching notes. That's this sheet of paper. And uh, it'll walk you through what I'm going to teach you today. Now, we're in a series called Free, and we're learning how to step into and take hold of the life that Christ has for us. And in this particular uh, teaching series, we're, we're learning how to reach out and, and take hold of the freedom that God has for us. And uh, we started out on Easter Sunday by noticing that Christ has the power to break every chain, every single piece of bondage in our lives, if we will bring it to Him. And Kevin talked about a passage of Scripture this morning and what he was uh, saying to us just prior to communion, that it, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that comes to work in our lives and will break every chain. And we noted that if that power was strong enough to breathe life into a breathless, lifeless body and, and bring it back to life after it had been brutalized and, and, and tortured and crucified and so forth, then whatever's going on in our lives is small compared to that. That same power can break every chain. And then Kevin took us on a journey of, you know, if, if we're going to trust God 
to bring this freedom into our lives, we have to know Him. Because we find it very difficult to trust someone we don't know. And that's all even more so true of God because we cannot see Him. So if we don't get to know Him, we probably will never trust Him and never be able to walk in that freedom. And so uh, that was the journey we went on. And then last week, I talked about the fact that we have a real enemy that Jesus talked about often and that He steals our freedom through deceit. And so... Uh, I would encourage you, if you're brand new, you can you can go to our website, you can pull up the podcast and listen to those first three sermons because they sort of tee up what I'm going to say to us this morning. And this morning I'm going to talk about the architect of our freedom, and that is God's Spirit. And we just sang about where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm going to take you to a verse in, in Scripture that teaches that particular principle. But first I want to tell you a story. At the very end of 1991, I happened to be in Pakistan. I was going from India to Pakistan to do some work with um, with a pastor, a local pastor, in a city called Lahore. I had never been in Pakistan before, certainly never been in Lahore before. I said goodbye to the people that had been on the mission trip with me in India and, and uh, flew from... Uh, from uh, Bombay to Karachi and from Karachi up to Lahore, got off the airplane. It was about 10.30 at night and uh, collected my luggage and I, I, I walked outside the airport and there was sort of a, a, um, a runway there and on the other side of the runway was a fence and there were thousands of people out there on the other side of the fence that couldn't get into the airport, but they were all there to welcome their friends and family and loved ones. And uh, so I got off the plane expecting to be greeted by this local pastor whom I did not know, did not know what he looked like. And uh, so I thought, how am I going to find this guy in this crowd of thousands of people? And then a brilliant idea hit me. I'm a white guy. Okay. I can't be that hard to spot in this crowd, right? So I thought I would start at one end and I would walk all the way down to the other. And sure enough, somewhere in there, this local pastor would step out and say, I'll take you. So I got my suitcase and I, and I started walking and it was a long walk. It took probably five to seven minutes to walk in front of that entire crowd. And I kept waiting for a voice to come out of the crowd trying not to be too conspicuous because I was an American and this was just days before the Gulf War crisis where uh, Saddam Hussein had invaded Kuwait and we had given him January 15 as a deadline for when he had to withdraw and all that stuff. We had cut off our aid to Pakistan. There were anti-American rallies going on, on all across Pakistan. And here I am walking in front of a whole crowd of Pakistanis very obviously not one of them. So how do you sort of blend in but try to be obvious so you get claims? So I got all the way down to this end. I turned around and I walked all the way down to that end thinking maybe he had missed me. And when I got down to that end, I was think, I started to get a little concerned and I thought, I wonder if he's not in the crowd. And I thought, well, maybe he was just running a little late. It looks like the streets were crowded. So I thought, I'll do this again. I did that three times. And I didn't know what to do. 
So I reached in my pocket. I pulled out a slip of paper that had the contact information for this local pastor on it that had been given to me by another pastor in the United States who knew him. And it, when I looked at, at the piece of paper, I realized I was in trouble because he wrote down the guy's name and his address, but no telephone number. Now, I didn't have a telephone, but I could have at least gotten access to one. So I didn't know what to do, and I was standing there at, now it was getting close to 11 o'clock at night, and uh, a voice interrupted my confusion and said, you look lost. I looked up thinking, this must be Iqbal. I said, are you Iqbal? He goes, uh, no. But you look lost. And I said, well, I am lost. So I told him my story. And he said, I'll tell you what. And I, and I gave him the piece of paper. He looked at the piece of paper and had sort of a puzzled look in his eyes. And he said, I, I've got a friend who's a rickshaw driver. I'll get you hooked up with him. He knows the whole city of Lahore. He can get you there. Mind you, Lahore is 7 million people. Okay? So he takes me to this rickshaw driver. And a rickshaw is basically a motorcycle with a, with a bench seat on the back of it. Right? And, and so we put my suitcase back there. I climb on the seat and, 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 uh, the rickshaw driver looks at it, looks at my new friend here and shakes his head like this. And they jabber something back and forth, which I would later find out was Punjabi, but they would, they would jabber and then off we went. I don't have time to tell you all the details, but I'm still in that rickshaw at five o'clock in the morning. We have been all over that entire city. I'm looking for one guy in seven million people. And the address that I've been given is not a complete address. It doesn't even have a street name. When I looked at the address again, it said Iqbal Hidayat, FC College. Well, as it turns out, FC College is, you know, a college that has like 60 people in it. It's nothing. You know, I got to tell you, riding in the back of the rickshaw, fear started to grip me. I'm in this foreign country, surrounded by people who are not really my friends. I can't hide here. The tension in the world is mounting. The tension between Pakistan and the United States is mounting. And I don't know what to do. I'm in serious trouble, and for the first time it hits me, I might not make it out of here. And then I I get this message from God, and it was just, I don't actually hear the audible voice of God, but He speaks to me in my spirit, and He, and he gives me this one message. Ron, is my presence enough, or do I have to deliver you? Now, i got to tell you, I'm glad I don't get that message every day. And I'm glad I'm not in that situation every day. And obviously, I did make it back because I am here, right? So there's a happy ending to that story. But, but I want to tell you something. We're, we're going to look at the architect of our freedom and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at it in the light of three questions. And they are wonderful questions, and they begin with a principle that God helped me grab onto that night. So here's question number one. Take a look at it up on the screen. How can I experience freedom 
in my life. And the promise of God is this. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now at the top of your notes, last week, I gave you a wonderful promise. And that promise out of God's Word is that the one who lives in you, the Holy Spirit of God, if you choose to become a follower of Christ, that the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in this world. And one of the reasons that the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in this world, one of the reasons it's greater is this. The Spirit who lives in this world steals our freedom, but He uses deceit to do it. In other words, He promises freedom, and it looks like freedom if we follow Him, but when we follow the Spirit of this world, it eventually always leads to some form of bondage in our life. We learned that last week. Every form of deceit eventually ends up in bondage. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We sang it this morning. God says it in His Word. You know, what, this passage is pretty easy to understand if you just circle three words and connect them together, all right? Circle the word wherever. Circle the word Holy Spirit. And that's two, I understand that. And then circle the word freedom and draw a line between the three of them because it simply says wherever. It doesn't make any difference to circumstances. You could be on the back of a rickshaw among seven million Pakistani people, scared out of your wits, but if you invite the Spirit of the Lord into that situation, you can ride in that rickshaw and freedom. I found that out that night. It doesn't make any difference. Wherever. You know what that means? If you're willing to bring the Spirit of God into your marriage, you'll have greater freedom in your marriage than what you have now. If you're willing to bring the Spirit of God into your workplace, you will have more freedom. It doesn't mean that you're trying to convert everybody in your workplace, although they may eventually come with you. But the idea is, if you are willing to walk with the Spirit of God in your workplace, you'll have greater freedom. But if you go to work and just go there on your own, well, expect a, expect a struggle, because you will. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the answer to question number one is actually pretty simple. And here's the answer. No matter where I am or what my circumstances are, if I walk with God's Spirit, I will experience freedom in my life. By the way... That doesn't mean the absence of fear. It means you'll experience freedom in the midst of fear. Okay? doesn't mean everything will be easy. It means that even in the midst of struggle, you will have a freedom that you couldn't have anywhere else for multiple reasons that I won't go into today. But the truth is, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He's the architect of your freedom. What I taught you last week and everything that Satan wants to do in your life, in, in your life, and we looked at that last week, the Spirit of God wants to do the exact opposite and will. That's how he rolls. That's how he works. Question number two is this. How does the Holy Spirit bring freedom in my life? So how do I get that freedom? It's through the Holy Spirit. How's that going to happen? How does that work? Well, the Bible says this, Galatians chapter 5, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, before I read you the fruit, I just want you to notice as I read through this list, it rings like a list of freedom. Because you can't, if you had this stuff 
in your life, and these were the dominant characteristics of your life, you would live in a freedom that's just amazing. And here it is. He produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Does that sound like freedom to you? That's just awesome. That, that's, that's such a huge deal. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. One of the translations says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce in us this kind of fruit. So this leads me to sort of question 2A, which is really an important one. And question 2A goes like this. What if, instead of being constrained to do all these things, what if we were liberated by God's Spirit to be these things? Now, friends, that is the heart and soul of Christianity right there, of living the Christian life. And, and I want to break it out like this, because oftentimes, if you've been to church uh, many times in your life, the passage I just read to you about the Holy Spirit and His fruit in our lives, that's probably not a new passage to you. But oftentimes, Christians read that passage and they feel guilty because they read, I should be loving, I should be filled with joy, I should be filled with kindness, I should be filled with patience, I should be filled with gentleness, I should be filled with self-control, and, and by golly, I'm just not, and I'm feeling guilty about it, now i got to go home and i got to work on that stuff because I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life. There's a problem there, and so... I want, to, I want to draw a chart up here, and you'll have to pardon my art. I'm not a very good artist, but it'll do for today, all right? These are the three circles of transformation, and, and this is, um, in our church, becoming a big thing because this is sort of the heart and soul of learning how to follow Christ and walk with Him. There are three great areas in our life that God uses to transform us. And the first is what we believe. So you can put down right... Oh, it might already be in there in your thing. Right beliefs. Okay? It's important that you believe the right thing. We've talked about... Jesus said, you will know the truth. What is truth? Right beliefs. Correct? If you believe something to be right that's not right, then, then that's, that's falsehood. Right beliefs. You'll know the truth, and the truth will, what's the rest of that? Set you free. Yes. So the Christian life begins with believing the truth. If you're brand new to new life, or maybe you're even brand new to the concept of Christianity, I want to encourage you, Christianity is built on truth. It's not built on philosophy. Philosophy is something that I think might be true about life, and based upon where I am, it appears like it might be a good philosophy to live by. Jesus never claimed to come with a new philosophy. He always claimed. In fact, he stood on trial the day that he was crucified, and he said to the king of the Israelite nation, he said, I came to testify to the truth. So it's right beliefs. 
And everything we work on in this church is based on what's true and what's not true. I never get up here and give you my opinion because your opinion, quite frankly, is better than mine because it's yours. Right? But if we can both come to a point of understanding what's true, then we get to walk together in unity. So it starts with right beliefs. Now, everyone knows that if you believe what's right, but it never changes your life and it never changes how you live, you're not much of a Christian, right? Shake your head like this. Yeah. Because what we believe ought to change how we live. And in fact, in everything we're talking about, we're talking about how to reach out and take hold of the life that Christ has for us. A lot of taking hold of that life is up in this circle because if what we believe doesn't change how we live, it it begs the question, why believe it then? Because there would be no power in that belief. And then the third circle is right relationship. You know... If you believe the truth and it changes your life, but you go through this life and you never actually get to know God and you never feel close to God, would that be sad? That'd be incredibly sad. You would have gone through this life and you would have missed God. See, the deal is right relationship. God wants us to have all three of these. Now, here's where you really want to pay attention because... If you, if you approach these things in the wrong order, an amazing thing happens in your life. I know that because I did them in the wrong order. And I learned what happened in my life. So we all sort of start here because you, you're not going to work on these two till you know that one. So the question is, once you know the truth about Jesus, and once you believe the truth about Jesus, and once you decide you want to become a follower of Christ, sort of the natural progression is, okay, i got to go to work on my life. Because now I'm a Christian, I can't swear like I used to swear, right? Right. I, I can't go out and get drunk like I used to go out and get drunk. I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't speak to my wife the way I used to speak to my wife. I, I shouldn't yell at my kids like I used to yell at my kids. I shouldn't do the things at work like, like I used to do at work because now I'm a Christian and wherever I go, I represent Christ. And besides that, I want to get to know God. So here's the deal. I believe the truth. I clean up my life so that I can get close to God, so that I can feel next to Him, so that I can please Him, so that He wants to hang out with me. I can tell you over and over and over again, I picked up all kinds of studies for new believers, and virtually all of them go in that order. You know the real problem with that? It has you changing your life. You can't change your life. You know how I know that? Because you would have already. Right? Yeah. Oh, you can change little things here and there. But here's the deal. God teaches this. We start with right beliefs, and immediately the idea is that we would want to get to know God. And that we would invite God's Spirit into our lives. And when God's Spirit comes to live in us, and and we begin hanging out with God, and hanging out with God's Spirit, and spending time alone with God, an amazing thing happens. The Holy Spirit begins to produce 
this fruit in our lives. You don't have to go and say, oh my goodness, I have to clean up my language. The Holy Spirit will help you with that. Because you're going to open your mouth and you're going to turn the air blue one day and the Holy Spirit is going to jump on your back and go, what's that? And and you will... I sat in a hockey game one day with a whole group of people and we were watching uh, this team play. And as usual, the, the, the guys down on the ice who were making the calls... Well, we weren't agreeing with every call they were making. Imagine that, right? And we were, there was a whole bunch of us there, and and all of a sudden, a lady, I don't know, three or, three or four seats down from us, stands up and just turns the air blue. She was in her mid-60s, and she was yelling obscenities at the refs. And mid-obscenity, she remembered that a week and a half prior she had made the decision to become a Christian was with a whole group of Christians. <laughs> she stopped, sort of wilted in her seat. <laughs> and we had a fun moment with all of that. It said, you know, hey, we've all been there. But you know something? The Holy Spirit took a giant step forward in her life that day in cleaning up her language. Because it was the Holy Spirit producing the fruit. If there's any principle I could get to us today, the architect of your salvation is God's Spirit in you. The architect of your freedom is God's Spirit in you. It's not you trying to clean up your life so you can experience freedom. Does that make sense to everybody? So you're going to go this way around the circle. You're going to start with believing the truth about Christ. You're going to press into Him. That, by the way, is why we put things like this in your hand, where you can read through God's Word, and you can hang out with God, and you can get to know Jesus, and you can invite the Spirit of God into your life, because the more you hang out with the Spirit of God, the more your life begins to have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. The things that we just read to you about, those are the hallmarks of freedom in your life. And they're brought into your life by the Spirit of God. So let's look at the answer to question number two. How can I experience this freedom in my life? Here it is. Building a friendship with God That's it. Building a friendship with God enables the Holy Spirit to produce His fruit in my life. Well, that that begs an interesting question, okay? If how can I get freedom in my life is it's with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then how does that work? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that produces this, this, this fruit of freedom in my life. Well, the next question logically is, hey, how do I get started? How can I do that? Well, in John chapter 14, Jesus lays out for us, and we already read this this week. If you're on schedule reading through uh, the the 21 days in John and, the, and this freedom journey in John, we read through it just, just at the end of this week. Here's what Jesus said. The world, those are people who don't follow Christ. The world cannot receive him, speaking of the Holy Spirit, because it isn't looking for him. And it doesn't recognize his voice. 
Friends, that's how we get started. It's just that simple. You have to look for the Spirit of God. And you have to learn to recognize His voice. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of two, two illustrations in my life. One time when I, when I was a kid, I was at a farmer's house, and he said, we're going to go out, we're going to look for some mushrooms that we can cook up to go with our dinner tonight. And I was like, oh, okay. So what kind, of, what kind of mushrooms are we looking for? And he, he picked one for us and showed it to us, and he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm going to give each of you boys, my older brother and I, I'm going to give each one of you a sack, and we're going to go down this trail, and, and I'll come around behind you, and if you miss any, I'll pick them up. And so we headed off with our two sacks, and, you know, the thing, the mushrooms were the same color as the leaves, which made them really hard to spot. But, hey, I see one, and so I'm, I'm picking. I've got like two dozen mushrooms, these little mushrooms in my bag, and my brother's got about the same number, and we're like, man, this is going to be great. And we turned around and said, well, did we miss any? And the guy had taken off his jacket. And he had, he had made a pouch out of it, tied the sleeves around it. I kid you not, his jacket was mounded with mushrooms. Where'd you get those? I just picked up the ones you guys missed. Do you know the difference? He had trained his eye to see the mushrooms. And we didn't. My question for you, wonder how many times you and I have walked right by the Holy Spirit and we didn't see Him. You know why? We weren't looking. Twenty mothers in a room. Next door, 20 to 30 kids who are playing under the watchful eye of some child care people. One child cries. One mother gets up. How'd that happen? That mother has trained her ear to recognize the cry of her child. Whoa, time out. I want you to get this. Did that mother go to classes to learn that skill? What do you think? No. Friends, you don't need a class to learn how to see the Holy Spirit at work in your life. You don't need a class to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice in your life. Here's the truth. The Holy Spirit's already speaking to you. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to you your entire life. You just have to take the time to listen. And the amazing thing is, He's speaking to you today. He's speaking to you right now. Telling you what to do with this message. Just tune in. Tune out the other stuff. Tune in. Listen to what he says. Follow what he says. And then make this your prayer. This week. In fact, you can just pull out your start here card. And on the back side, there's two ways for us to apply this message. Because the answers are up there. You saw them already. Answer 3A is this. You've got to look for the Holy Spirit. And 3B, you've got to learn to recognize his voice. So we're going to practice this week. That's the deal. We don't need a class. We're just going to go practice. And so we're going to, we're going to pray that God will open our eyes 
and open our ears so that we can see God's Spirit and we can recognize God's voice in our life through His Spirit. And we're going to see how many times every day we can see God at work and we can hear God speaking to us. I guarantee you, friends, God loves you. I guarantee you He's going to speak to you multiple times every day. When you get in your car, He's going to speak to you as you drive. You will either listen to Him or you lay on the horn, one or the other. Okay? Recognize His voice. When you're working with your children, when you're sitting at at your workplace. uh, Okay. I'm sitting upstairs. Uh, It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And... Two different times, I was invited by a brand new guy in our church to come to his workplace to see what he was doing. And two different times, I went to see it, and I couldn't find it. But I'm sitting upstairs. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I've got about an hour before I'm going to leave. And the Spirit of God says to me, drop whatever you're doing and go find that place now and don't go home till you find it. I knew the general place it was in our town. So I drove to that place, I parked my car, and I said, I don't care if I have to knock on every business in this area, I will find that one. And you know, it took about 25 minutes of knocking on business doors and talking to people. Don't have time to tell you the details. But the guy I was looking for was not there that day. But his brother was. In fact, his brother was the only guy there. And his brother walked out to meet me. I told him why I was there. I told him who I was. He started to cry. And he said, I've lived a terrible life all my life. And I said, man, it's not too late. It's not too late. You owe it to yourself to come and give Jesus a chance in your life. Not too long ago, we baptized that guy. You understand? Just listen. And when, and when God speaks to you, follow. So we're going to practice. So I'm, I'm going to ask you five times in this week to pray that God will speak to you, and then you're going to write it down and recognize it. Okay? And then the other way, obviously, is you've got to choose to become a follower of Christ. Kevin already teed that up for you. Because it's Jesus who sends the Holy Spirit into your life. So you, you start the journey by deciding to accept Jesus. The worship band's going to come, and they're actually going to sing a prayer for us. It's a very simple prayer, and it's the embodiment of this message. Lord, I need you. While they pray that prayer over us, let's do our business with God. And then check the appropriate place on the card. If you're making the decision to become a Christian, you'll get some, uh, you'll get some contact from me this week because I want to walk you through that. God bless us as we do our business with Him. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.